We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf. Because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. Yeah, my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to The Uncontested, the podcast where we talk about the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our webs- our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin. Today, I am joined by my good buddy sitting right here on the couch with me, Kamiar Marabian. It's a really comfy couch. Thanks for having me today, Jacob. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, the, the couch is kind of comfy, but the, the cushions are like getting matted down. I need to go buy a new couch. Yeah, it's got dog piss on it, too. If somebody wants to donate money uh, <laughs> to my GoFundMe for a new couch, that would be much appreciated. A couch? What kind of couch you want? Uh, I don't like leather couches. Do you like leather couches? No, because like, let's say if it's like a warm, like hot day or you're sweaty for some reason. You stick to it. Your, your shit's going to stick to it. Like, I hope, like, you're not actually shitting on the couch, so your actual shit's not like, sticking to it. Let's say, like, let's say, like, you, for some reason, you woke up, and you forgot to turn the AC on. So, like, you just wake up from a nap, and it's really, really hot out, and you're wearing, like, some shorts, like, the upper part of your leg near your, your scrotal area is going <laughs> to stick to the couch, right? Yeah, and it's very you gotta like peel yourself off, and then when you get whenever it's cold, like the couch is very cold, yep. like cold to the cold to the touch. I am a I'm definitely a cloth couch person. Yeah, I like uh, I like soft couches. Yes, I'm I'm a cloth couch person. Although my fiance has like fifty billion pillows on this couch. Yeah, what's your what's your uh, what's your over under on pillows for a uh, for a couch? It depends how big the couch is. You know, like this. So this is a sectional, um, sexual. It's a sexual couch. Sexual couch. And so I like to have That's like trying to get a new couch. six or seven pillows, but we got like 10. And see, my fiance doesn't listen to the pod. And she's not home right now, so I can talk about this. Like, I'm tired of all these damn pillows on this damn couch. Do you care if the pillows match the couch? No, but they got to be comfy pillows. Like, we have some pillows on here that are uncomfy as hell. Like, you'd rather lay on your dog. Well, my dog is pretty comfy. She's over here, too. Yeah. I think my over-under on pillows on a couch is... About four or five. Four or five. Yeah. It, it, the size of the couch matters, man. Si- size, I don't care size, what they tell you. Size, size does. 
indeed matter. Size matters. All right. Okay, well, enough talk about couch. Uh, this isn't a couch podcast, although uh, we will pitch ourselves to Mathis Brothers. <laughs> we also have some hamsters we can show them if they're interested in that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so <laughs> the day is Sunday, September, September 30th. What? That is incorrect, Siri. It is Sunday, and we just got back from the Thunder Blue-White scrimmage. Actual basketball. It was the best basketball game I've ever seen in my life. Finally, we got to see this Thunder team take the court. We can talk about basketball now rather than talking about hypothetical basketball, and that is very, very exciting. So starting off, the Thunder at this blue-white scrimmage were split into, obviously, the blue team, the white team. And the white team is what looked to be the starters. It looked to be what's probably going to take the court opening night unless Russell Westbrook is healthy. And that team consisted of Dennis Schroeder, Ferguson, PG, Patrick Patterson, and Steven Adams. The blue team was a bunch of... I don't know what you're doing in that microphone, dude, but you're making me feel weird. The blue team was uh, basically the third string. Um, the blue team was Deontay Burton. That's all you needed to know. Yeah, uh, Tyler, is his name Tyler Davis, the kid from A&M? Some random black guy. Tyler Davis, Deontay Burton. Um, I don't even know who started on the point guard on that S- team. Some random black guy. Another random African-American gentleman. Um, anyways, let's not worry about the blue team because th- they had Bryce Alford. The the guys on the blue the team boy. are not going to see minutes. Let's talk about this starting unit and kind of what you saw today. I saw Patrick Patterson go five of six from three. That is true. Sh- he, he looks good. Like physically, he looks good on the court. Like playing, yeah, he, he looks, looks good. good. He looks good. He, he looks like he's slimmed up. He's actually put on some pounds. He's just lost fat. Wait, do you slim up or do you slim down? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. He's lost he hasn't lo- he's lost fat. He's gained weight though, gained muscle. Um his jumper looked good. It's like everything that you wanted Melo to be because you saw him getting up and down the court. You see him passing the ball and you see him actually just taking in rhythm jumpers whether that be a pip- pick and pop at the top of the key or just corner threes and he actually took several threes. At the very at, at the at the at the top well, where top of the key at the top of the key is that what at you're the trying wing, to say? yeah yeah it seemed like there was a lot of plays they definitely played fast today they pushed the ball off a miss off a make they pushed the ball up the court constantly and Patterson had got it was had felt like three or four threes where it was top of the key walk into it like catch and shoot like he was trailing the break. But it wasn't like a mellow trailing the break because mellow just couldn't keep up with everybody. It was like Patterson was like intentionally moving a little bit slower in order to to trail and catch the ball at the top of the key. And it looked good. He was shooting him in rhythm. I mean, five of six, granted, he's going up against basically the Thunder third string. He didn't really well, he did play against Jeremy Grant a bit. Um, he played against that Tyler Davis kid a bit. But he just he looked good. He he looked like I think the Patrick Patterson that we thought we were getting a year ago. So just by looking at the scrimmage, which pretty much means nothing, whose stock on this Thunder squad would you say is up? Whose stock are you buying in right now? Buying in right now would definitely be Dennis Schroeder, one hundred percent. He looked great, like so good in the pick and roll. He had so many passes where like I physically like got up and said, that's a good pass. Like his pocket passes to Steven Adams, his ability to get in the lane and he, he doesn't finish aggressively. He doesn't finish up high. He's the kind of player that's a little bit smaller that gets under the defenders and like scoops the ball in. And I mean, he nearly had a triple double today. He had like 20 points and 13 assists, I think. And he just he passed the ball really well. They, he passed it good in the pick and roll on the roll man to Adams or to Nerlens. He passed it good out to the wing to shooters. He passed good on pick and pops or off PG down screens. Um, 
I would definitely be buying Schroeder's stock right now. What about you? I mean, like, I think Schroeder is the definite answer that you're looking for because he's the newest addition to the team. He's the one that is really going to replace Carmelo Anthony's production. Of course, you're going to be high on Dennis Schroeder. His defense, after a couple of years, people saying he's not doing that great on defense because when he came into the league, he was known as, like, a harassing kind of guard. And his defense really hasn't been that much of late, but he looked pretty good on defense. And, of course, like you said, he's so quick. And him screaming downhill off of Steven Adams' screens, it's pretty impressive. And so I really like Dennis Schroeder, but since you said Dennis Schroeder, I'm going to go on somebody else whose stock I am buying. And I am buying some more of that Deontay Burton stock because, like, listen, the... It was really weird how they operated off the clock, how they operated off the stats, and how they operated per, per quarter. They just eliminated the Thunder staff themselves. They eliminated like entire game scores. And they just went by quarter scores because they mixed, mixed and matched players and teams. But for the longest time, it was just that the white team was definitely noticeably Thunder starters, guys who were going to get minutes, guys that were going to play extensive time for this squad. And then the blue team was Deontay Burton and himself. And he played really hard. He played really good. And at times you're looking around wondering why he's not getting that 15th roster spot right now. Whereas Kyle Singler had a spot in OKC for a long time. And Deontay Burton cannot get a guaranteed contract. And Hamadou Diallo, he did. And Diallo actually had a pretty nice couple sweet dunks. Yeah, Diallo, I thought, did really well getting into the paint, making things happen. Burton is... He's a thick boy, like two C's thick. He played he played well. He plays very aggressive for that type of body, you know, like out on the perimeter, moving his hands, moving his feet. He plays very aggressive. And um, so, yeah, I I think that I would, I, I would agree with you on that. Obviously, we already talked about Patrick Patterson. I would definitely be buying Patrick Patterson stock after today, seeing what he did, um, just and the comfortability that he did it with. I, I would definitely buy Patterson stock. Now, so, of course, Patterson stock is up. He's the guy that you want to see stretch the floor, and he looks like that guy to be able to stretch the floor because he's just coming into camp. He is more fit. He's faster. He's a ball mover. He's what OKC envisioned to be their starting four until Carmelo Anthony made his fat ass into town, and then all of a sudden things change. Now you have him. He's he's playing well on defense for, from a scrimmage that you don't expect him to play that much defense. He's switching on to guys. He's hitting open jumpers like you expect him to. And then another guy that I really really liked just to just see them play was I enjoyed to see Nerlens play specifically just because we weren't sure what he was going to be like. And I mean he pretty much did his job as far as being in the paint altering shots because he's a much better shot blocker than Steven Adams. But speak going off of whose stock is up, whose stock is down according to you? That's a good question. So Terrence Ferguson only played about eight minutes. He played the first eight minutes of the first quarter, and we didn't see him after that. Now, there was a moment where Ferguson was was out on the break, and he got tripped up and fell on the ground, and he was down for a few moments. I think maybe they just pulled him out for precautionary reasons after that. Also, we didn't get to see any Alex Abrinas today, uh, assumably because... Assumably, is that a word? No, it's not. Uh, assumingly, because... That is a word. Thank you. Because of lower back spasms that got reported by Brett Dawson yesterday. Dennis Schroeder had lower testicle spasms via Bryce Alford. Yeah, kicked him right in the weenie. Yep. Right in the weenie. But so we didn't get to see a lot of those young wings. Um, one guy who I wish I would have seen a little bit better from was TLC. I don't think he played that great. Um, I wonder how much of that was a byproduct of playing for the blue team. Um, I think players look very different around different players. And he was playing with two-way guys and guys that aren't going to make the roster. So he was probably the best guy in his team. And it's when he's the best guy in his team going up against the team with with Schroeder, Adams and Paul George and Patrick Patterson. It's really hard to to really show out, to really show what you can do, because if he gets minutes with this team, he's going to be like a spot up shooter, 
a guy that can attack a closeout, not a main ball handler, not not the go-to guy. And that's kind of what he had to be for that blue squad, squad for stretches. And so I, I didn't see what I hoped I would see out of him. I also wonder how much of that is a product of the way this scrimmage went. So I'm uh, selling stock on him now. Uh, I, I, I think his stock is going down. However, I am excited to see what he does on Wednesday in, in a bit of a different role. I think that part of the issue is that he is not familiar with OKC in general, but as well as the best player on the blue squad, what the best two players anyways on the blue squad to begin the game were Jeremy Grant, who was trying to get some buckets, and it was just it was pretty bad. Like he, he started shooting jumpers, and none of them were dropping for him. And then it seemed really in rhythm because yeah. that squad was so bad. He was struggling to, um, to to find a rhythm to for the ball to move around like organically. It just seemed like that blue squad they they just weren't as good, and the good players on that squad couldn't get into a rhythm because of the other players. Yeah, the best two players in the blue squad were Deontay Burden and Jeremy Grant, and then of course in the white squad, like you said, you have basically the starters. So I mean, Jeremy Grant's just trying to get buckets, and it didn't really work out. So I would say. My stock down, I mean, you can't really say stock down. I was excited to see TLC, and he just maybe wasn't given the benefit of the doubt. He get to, he did get to go on the white squad for a bit with PG, and he, he got a couple good plays here and there. But um, And then you don't want to say your stock downs on Jeremy Grant just because, I mean, his best player on his team was Deontay Burton. The other guy is having Dennis Schroeder and PG bring up the ball. So I'm not really going to say stock down on anybody right now. I mean... Raymond Felton, maybe. Yeah, but but that's just verdict's Ray. still out on how much Ray's actually going to play too. So right? I mean, like seeing Raymond Felton play made me very grateful for Dennis Schroeder being at Oklahoma City because you know he's going to move the ball. You know he's going to actually pass the ball. You know he's going to try to get in the paint at all costs and scream down off of a screen instead of dribbling the air out of the ball. So seeing Dennis Schroeder right next to Raymond Felton made me very happy that. Dennis Schroeder is basically going to be OKC's sixth man, but also their next point guard off the bench. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Brandon Felton plays the starting two guard to start the season. See, I'm opposite on that. I would be very, very surprised if that happened. I think in, in order of who is going to start at that two guard spot while Robertson is out, I think it would go Ferguson, Abrinas, TLC, and then Big Ray. I just... The, the lack of size um, and, and length and athleticism. You hate on fat people? Mm, at the two guard, yeah. What's wrong with Ray at the two guard? I just think he's too short. Doesn't have enough length, doesn't have enough, as, enough athleticism. I think they'd rather get somebody in there um, either that can stretch the floor like Alex Sabrinas or someone that's long and athletic and can play passing lanes and Nobody's going to defend nearly as well as Dre can defend, but get somebody in there that's prototypically kind of like Dre. You know who all the pundits said was too short and not athletic enough? Who? Baker Mayfield. That is true. And you know what he's doing right now? Throwing touchdowns. Maybe. I don't know. The last time I checked, they were winning against the Raiders. but The Raiders. The Raiders. All right. Um <laughs> I had a thought, and then I just... Oh, Jeremy Grant. He has a new tattoo! He does have a new tattoo on his leg. I couldn't see what it was of, but he's got a new tattoo. It was a black thing. On his lower leg. He looked very comfortable handling the ball. Yeah, he had a nice uh, switcheroo in the hands uh, to the layup. Yep, he he handled the ball a lot for that blue squad in the first quarter. And he also looks very comfortable driving with his left hand across the lane. Um, and uh, and finishing with that left hand. And I think that's a good sign that, that he looks more comfortable. If he can shoot decently from the corners, that ball handling will come into, like, it'll be a big impact whenever he can attack closeouts. And so I, I, I think that's that's a really good sign. His, his handle's gotten better. I know he worked on his jumper a lot over the summer. Didn't look like it. It was hard. Yeah, but it was hard, really hard to tell. Um because, I, again, I feel like none of his shots were in rhythm and quite a bit of them were off the dribble today because he didn't have a guy like Schroeder or Russ throwing him passes. He had Raymond Felton passing him. 
No, that's Bryce Alford. Speaking of Russ, he's though, played for his daddy. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook a bit. He's uh, not dead. Has two legs. He wore a chain while he was on the floor. He was dancing. He danced he's, to Migos he's for a while. Fun. And then he fell down because he hurt his knee again. Don't scare the people like that. That's what happened. We were there. That did not happen. The media's going to lie to you. It's all a lie. Fake news. No, Russ was putting up jumpers. He was out in the layup lines with the teams. He was coaching up both sides, going back and forth. For what it's worth, Russ was in a uniform. And he was in a white uniform, so he would have been on the white squad. He had an entire cast on his leg. Would you stop? <laughs> and so I, I think that gives even more credence to this idea that the white squad are... Why well, I got to be white. ...who we can assume are going to be the starters, which Patrick Patterson was on that squad. Even though Billy Donovan said he's not going to talk about who the starter would be, at power forward, but it was pretty obvious who it likely will be. And I guess fans will just have to find out Wednesday night when they take on the Detroit Pistons and Reggie Jackson's burnt self. That is true. We got Blake Griffin coming to town. Oh, yeah, Blake. Are we going to boo him? Andre Drummond. Are Pe we going to boo him too? People always cheer Blake. Is it because he is from Oklahoma? I would assume so, yes. It's not because he's a redhead. He is rather unfortunate looking. He's ugly. That is that is true. Who is the ugliest guy on the Detroit team? Because you have Reggie Jackson. I also think, who's that wing they have that they got from Arizona that hasn't panned out, but everyone still kind of likes him? I don't know. The Stanley kid? Stanley Johnson. I think he looks like an alien and his eyes bug out of his head. I mean, his name is Stanley, so his parents must hate him. Stanley. Uh, Do you think they growing up they called him Stan the Man? Or that seems that like an old, like a, an is old that, person. Is that a white thing. person thing to say? That also might be kind of white. Yeah. But Detroit's kind of an ugly team. I mean, they got Blake Griffin, so they're they're an ugly team. The Thunder's a good looking team. Yeah, we got Russ. Dre is not very good looking, but he has Rachel Demidas. So that makes that makes up for TLC is a good looking dude. It's because he's French, right? Yeah. Here they're all bisexual. That might not be true. <laughs> I don't know. PG, he looks pretty good. PG's okay. Patterson uh, cutting all them gummy worms out of his diet, just eating clean. Ad uh, a lot of the ladies like Adams. The madams like Adams. I'm quitting this podcast <laughs> now. <I> quit. <laughs> you know you like that. No, it's bad. I wish I had a you like that sounder because I would play it. Instead, I'll do this. Bang, bang. You're stupid. All right, anything else about the scrimmage you want to talk about? It was a short scrimmage. Since we got in and had the tickets, we got to basically just move wherever we wanted to yeah. down in the lower bowl. We we ended up <laughs> right at midcourt, four rows off the floor. Yeah, it was good times. Steven Adams is funny while he's on the court. He yells a lot. Yup. Someone got fouled, and he yelled, Thank you! Yeah, there's, there's not a lot to... Not a lot to learn from the scrimmage because, like we said, it's a scrimmage and half of them aren't even taking the game seriously unless you're a new player. Try not to get hurt. We didn't see Abdul Nader. Apparently his name is Abde Abdul, not Abdel, that way it's spelled. We didn't get to see him. We didn't get to see Abrinus. We didn't get to see Russ. We didn't get to see Robertson. They were all on the court, though, so that was cool. But we did get to see Dennis Schroeder, and that was exciting for the future. What was really cool was they just kept on pushing the pace like – you just heard them saying you kept on hearing them say, like say push it and yep. like you kept on hearing them say like to go hard because they their their main thing was they're going to run down the freaking court so like anytime Dennis Shooter or PG wasn't getting the rebound uh, Patrick Patterson or Stephen Adams was getting the ball to their point guard or PG ASAP so they can run down the court. Yep, and um, I mean we we saw it a lot and Billy even talked about that that this week at training camp has been a lot of scrimmaging, a lot of five-on-five, five, a lot of getting up and down the floor, um, physically preparing their body for lots of running. You know, they don't want to run in the half-court sets much. They they want to get the ball moving as, as quickly as possible. 
And so that that's maybe the biggest takeaway. I think we'll learn a lot more as we get into the preseason. I agree. Speaking of the preseason, and we'll touch on this at the end of the podcast as well, but we are making the trek north. Star Trek. To Taylor's neck of the woods. Africa. And Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Africa. To catch the preseason game next Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks. Boo! We'll get to go see Trey Young play basketball. We'll also get to see Vince Carter play basketball. I bet Vince doesn't play. I hope Trey Young misses all of his shots. I hope Dennis Schroeder locks up Trey Young. Trey Young's hair is disgusting. Trey Young's hair looks like a 45-year-old. He's an ugly man. Ugly man. All right, well, if we have nothing else to talk about the the scrimmage, you have nothing else to talk about the scrimmage coming here? I think Billy Donovan looked weird when he tucked his polo into his joggers. It made me think of an old man that had to get up in the middle of the (laughs) night to go see, like, like a weird raccoon was, like, Maybe sneaking it to his trash can so like you would just run out you run out of your bedroom, anything that you can just find, and you just tuck your shirt into whatever pants you're wearing and then you just put on some like shoes, like some slippers or like a mismatched shoes, like your mom's shoes or some sandals, and you just run out of the house. That's what he looked like tucking his shirt into them joggers. He looked weird. They'd look a little weird. They'd look a little weird. Uh, anyways, let's move on to around the association. <laughs> So regarding around the association, there's a lot of stuff that's happening this week and also just a lot of stuff that has just happened within the last week. First, we're just going to start off what's going to happen tonight at, I think, what, 9.30 Eastern Time, 8.30 Central? That is correct. You've got the New Look Lakers and the Nuggets. Looks like Los Angeles is going to start Rondo, KCP, Brandon Ingram, LeBron James at the four, and JaVale McGee. What is interesting to you about this game? Um, It's a big game. I mean, preseason game on ESPN because it's LeBron in L.A. And I wonder if this is like their their projected starting lineup so far or what the deal is because it's kind of funny that they're starting JaVale McGee and they're not playing any of their young guys. Yeah, so there's no Lonzo, no Josh Hart. Ingram's the only one of the young guys that would end up starting. Kyle Kuzma's on the bench. You got Zubacic. I think I'm saying that right. But my thing is, LeBron James, that guy is a player that he is ball dominant. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be really effective. I mean, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be totally effective because he plays pretty well off ball when he's calling for the ball, I guess. But a lot of the players that have made his money around him, besides Dwayne Wade, are guys that can catch and shoot, like Chris Bosh and Mike Miller and all these, you know, James Johnson or whatever his name is. James Jones. James Jones, same thing. And now you have Rondo on the floor at the same time. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Rondo needs the ball to be effective. He needs the ball to be effective. So him just cutting is not really going to cut it. Then you've got KCP, who might be still wearing that ankle bracelet. I don't know. He's a he's probably the ankle monitor. Yep. Brandon Ingram, he people want him to be Kevin Durant so bad, and I don't think he's even close. I think I think kinda, he's a good player. I just don't think he's like Kevin Durant by any means. Who who's a good comparison for Brandon Ingram? Like currently? Yeah. Oh, that's that's difficult. I think he's a tall Andrew Wiggins. That almost feels like you're taking a shot at him. I am. He's not that great, man. Interesting. Like, he can make some shots. I think he can handle pretty well for a big man. Oh, that's good. Good for him. He can handle it. He, when's he going to handle the damn ball when LeBron James and the Ro- Rajon Rondo are on the court? That's a good question. So, he's going to be into a catch-and-shoot player. Bron- LeBron James the four is the biggest part for me. Like, he's been playing the three, like, his entire life. Yeah, but I think as his career's gone on, he's 
been playing the four more and more and more, uh, kind of like in small ball situations. But physically, he, he can play the four with anybody in the league. So he's going to body up on Paul Millsap tonight? Yep. And he's going to kill Paul Millsap? Yeah, I think LeBron is strong enough to handle Millsap in the post defensively. But then the matchup on the other end, Millsap on LeBron, is that's abuse. And then if if you want to switch whoever's going to be playing the three for Denver tonight, um, who will that be? Will Barton? Yeah, it's Will Barton, right? Because he actually you know, drank some protein shakes and actually got a little bit bigger. So do you want to slide Will Barton or Gary Harris over to LeBron James? Probably not. And if you did that, then you got to slide Paul Millsap down to guarding Brandon Ingram. Still not going to work. So I, I think it's a good move as far as putting LeBron at the four. Um, and, you know, there, there's not a lot of traditional fours left in the league. I mean, he'll have to play against guys like, like Millsap and guys like Blake Griffin. But besides that, a lot of the fours he's going to play against are like James Johnson down in Miami or Sabonis in Indiana. Oh God. Uh, actually, they've been playing Sabonis at the five. Uh, Patrick Patterson in Oklahoma City, you know, a, a Taj lot of Gibson. A lot of the fours now in in the game, uh, Serge Ibaka, you know, are are stretch fours that that aren't your you know two hundred and fifty two hundred sixty pound big men. They're they're more versatile players, and so that it's just kind of the way the league's been trending towards Draymond Green. So I think it makes sense. Oh, he'll kill Draymond. I don't know. They played in the finals together, and uh, you know, yeah, but that's know? because Draymond has ha- had three other All Stars. Now he has four other All Stars around him. You know, I Draymond hope. doesn't have to do really anything on offense except move the ball when he catches it. I hope that Draymond Green gets hit by a bus, Greyhound bus, and. Maybe the bus is going really fast. Or it could be going really slow and just slowly run him over. I, I'm not talking about killing him, but, you know, whatever, I am. whatever happens, happens. I hope his plane crashes. Oh, my God. Two <laughs> cuts. Anything else about the Lakers tonight? It'll be interesting. <laughs> I assume guys like Lonzo and Hart are going to get a lot of time. I think Comier is laughing about my airplane impersonation. I'm excited to see the Nuggets because they're supposed to be pretty good this year. They've got some random guy at the point guard who's Canadian, Jamal Murray. He's a Canadian. Jamal Murray is really good. Jamal Murray's top 20 point guard in the league right now, I'd say. He's all right. You've got Gary Harris at the two. I think Gary Harris is a little overrated, but I do think he's good. You've got... Assuming Will Barton at the three? Yeah, Will Barton at the three. Okay. Paul Millsap at the four. And the Joker. Yoke, the Jokic at the five. And then backing up, we got Isaiah Thomas, the short one, point guard. And then... I don't know who else they have coming off that bench. Michael Porter Jr. is not going to play, right? He, I. They're talking about him not playing all year. Bust. We'll see. He's got good size. I hope he can get healthy because he could be a really good player. I don't. I hope he never makes it into the league. What do you have against Michael Porter? I want to win the division. I hope he's not good. <laughs> oh, well, talking about winning the division, let's uh let's put a little sound bed here and let's talk about the craziness that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. So Jimmy Butler this saga... He hasn't been traded yet. And Tibbs, yeah, he, he's not been traded. Part of it is because his former coach with the Bulls and now his current coach with the Timber Bulls is purposefully sabotaging any trade that comes through. And it's getting to the point where the owner of the Timberwolves is like saying, hey, GMs, will you please deal directly with me because this guy who sounds like the Penguin from the Batman series, will not trade Jimmy Butler. It's so dysfunctional. Like, can you imagine your boss, like, specifically telling you to do something and you intentionally trying to sabotage it? Like, you would get fired. 
most would think that you would get fired. So and. you've got two teams, really. Now it's really just two, right? That are vying for Jimmy Butler that are kind of in the lead. That, that's kind of what we're hearing, yeah. The Houston Rockets and the Miami Heat. Both yes. Daryl Morey and Pat Riley have been in super hot pursuit of Jimmy Butler's services. And I think it's, um, you know, Tibbs has been saying, like, he'll he'll do what the owner says and he'll trade Jimmy Butler. But what he's doing is, like, he's counter-offering people with such ridiculous things that they'll never accept. But he can say, look, I'm trying. Like, one of the re- latest reports I saw was that Philly called and asked for Jimmy Butler, and Tibbs countered by saying, I'll trade him to you for you for Ben Simmons. I want Ben Simmons. Like, give him to me. Are you serious? Like, that that's that's ridiculous. Actually, give me Joel Embiid, too. What they want, what you doing? Yeah, they want picks, and they want young players, and they want someone that can come in and still help them get to the playoffs. Like, you're not going to get that value for Jimmy Butler. And... I don't know. I wonder how long this goes on. Does that lower their their leverage on making a deal, or is that going to drive the marketplace up? It is the Paul George situation over again, except Paul George didn't have a disdain for his coach. He simply just said, I ain't going to sign you next year, so please trade me so you can get something for me. Jimmy Butler looks like he literally just hates everything about Minnesota. I mean, who wouldn't? You have to wear a coat in summer. So, I think if Paul George doesn't make that decision and the Paul George thing isn't a success for OKC, this thing we're having right now about people trying to gain leverage and people vying for Jimmy Butler's attention, it's probably not happening on a bigger scale. But since the Paul George thing did work out for OKC and it actually did work out for the Indiana Pacers, you got a couple teams interested. So, let's talk about what is possibly being thrown around from Miami and what's possibly being thrown around from Houston. Let's go Miami first. What do you think is being thrown around besides Dion's fat face? So word was that they might be willing to throw Goran Drogic into a deal with that. Um, from Miami's perspective, you know, like Goran is on the, the same timeline as Jimmy and Goran's actually like a pretty good point guard. So, I think Miami would prefer to hold on to him. Um, you know, you, you have that big contract of Tyler Johnson. That could make some sense. I don't know how much Minnesota would want Tyler Johnson. I feel like Tyler Johnson would more be a um, like a salary filler yep. than it would be um, a, a central piece of a trade. I feel like, for me, I feel like if, if you're Minnesota, you, you have to get back Josh Richardson and you have to get back Justice Winslow. Those would be like the cornerstones of a Jimmy Butler trade for me. I just think that that makes sense. So here's the issue with Miami right now. You are paying Gordon Dragic and Tyler Johnson a combined 20-something million dollar salaries, right? Yes, I'm pulling up the trade machine right now so we can be accurate with our numbers. So Tyler Johnson's making $20 million a year over the next two. Jogic's making $18 million, $18 million over the next two. James Johnson, $15 million over the next two, next three. Alenic, $13 million over the next three. Waiters, $12 million over the next three. Josh Richardson, $10 million over the next four. Well, I found your problem right here. You're paying a backcourt of Tyler Johnson and Gordon Dragic, which are relatively two white boys in your backcourt and you're paying them nearly collectively $40 million. Yeah. That's the most expensive white backcourt I've ever seen in my life. That's it's a little much. Yeah, you would think that um, that Minnesota would require like Justice Winslow or Bam Adebayo in, in a trade um, along with Josh Richardson. And didn't Minnesota say or Miami say that they were willing to take on Gorge Dang's contract? Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk of getting a third team like Sacramento in to facilitate that. You know what's interesting is that Minnesota just got Luol Dang, and they're about to trade away the best Dang on their on their team. Yeah, but that Gorgie Dang contract is awful. 
Is it more awful than Lou Waldang's contract was for Los no. Angeles? No. Because Gorgie Dang can at least give you 15 minutes a night. So Miami, they have actually plenty of tradable assets and plenty of tradable pieces to give Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, regardless, they're not going to get equal value of Jimmy Butler back. No, but I think not Josh Richardson's good. You compare Josh Richardson with, with the rest of that team. He's a good defender. He's a good shooter. You compare him with the rest of that team, and they'll stay competitive defensively. Their ceiling won't be nearly as high. Their floor, floor will also be lower as well. Yeah, but I don't feel like their floor... I feel like their, their ceiling drops. Minnesota's um, getting Josh Richardson and getting rid of Butler, but I don't feel like their floor drops much at all. I think it drops, but not significantly. Yeah, I feel like the ceiling, the ceiling does drop significantly. I feel like it just becomes a more a more narrow like range of what they can be. Like, let's say OKC and the Timberwolves were pretty even, even though OKC probably is better. I would say definitely after that trade would go through, or when a Jimmy Butler trade does go through, they definitely sink behind OKC into third place, maybe even fourth place, depending upon what happens with the the Trailblazers. Yeah. So, I mean, you have quite a few assets you could trade if you're the Heat, but if you're Houston, you've really only got, only got about two or three guys that you could trade, and the only thing that would entice that trade to happen is probably some picks in the future. Yeah, it would. I mean, the, the what we constantly hear about Houston trading for Jimmy would be something like Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, uh, combine that salary equals Jimmy Butler salary, so that would work. Um, Houston, however, has no way of absorbing that Gorgie Dang contract unless they threw Clint Capella into the deal or like Brandon Knight into the deal. But they can't even trade Brandon Knight like until December. Days, something like that. Yeah, I think December fifteenth is when is when they can trade him. And um, yeah, I just I don't see that as a good deal for Minnesota. Like. How old is is PJ Tucker? He's like thirty six, something like that. Eric Gordon is thirty. Yep. Like you don't want to. If you're Minnesota, you don't want to trade. Even though those are two decent players, you don't want to trade for two guys that are what seven years older than Towns and Wiggins. Like that just doesn't make much sense. You want to get guys that are on their timeline. Again, you are not going to get equal value back for Jimmy Butler, and honestly. No team that has young talent, unless you're Phoenix for some odd reason, is going to want to trade for Jimmy Butler because he's not on their timeline. Like a lot of these young teams, they're not in win-now modes right now. The Timberwolves, I don't foresee them also being in win-now modes either because they see the other teams in the league that are better than them. Maybe they, if they were in win-now mode, I mean, what? What would they even look like? Would they? Are they in win-now mode? Who? The Wolves. Wolves. Trading Jimmy, no. Even before Jimmy, they were they in win-now mode? Because your best players are... I mean, I think they were, they were in win-now mode, but they didn't have the resources to, to be able to do that. Like, I think next up for them, if they get rid of Jimmy, is, like, the Jeff Teague situation, because Jeff Teague is older. He's not great. You know, can they can they upgrade at that position? Um, you know, so it's, it's just interesting. It's interesting. They're not good so of these of these two deals here um, talking just the Rockets and the Heat uh, which one do you think is more appealing to the Timberwolves it should be the Heat I agree because they have more years in their contract the younger guys and they're tradable they're tradable contracts especially when these new salary caps are keep on being introduced these guys become more tradable more tradable instead of having Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. Now, at the same time, if you're a young team like you are the like the Wolves and you have Cat signing that massive extension and you have Andrew Wiggins talking shit to Steven Jackson, you might be interested in those draft picks. But at the same time, Houston's not going to give you a good draft pick. Yeah, that's one of my thing is like there was a rumor the other day that it was going to be this trade, the uh, the Eric Gordon, the PJ Tucker and then like a 2019 unprotected first. That's a bottom five pick in the first round. I mean, you're picking like 27th, you know? Nobody cares. So uh, I don't see how that's attractive. It's not. Like, would you rather have pick 27 or would you rather have Justice Winslow? Oh, that's a good question because I think Justice Winslow sucks. 
Would you rather have pick 27 or Bam Adebayo? Can't tell Bam Adebayo because he just got in the league. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come, come from? from Adebayo. Adebayo. Let's go into some Wilson Chandler stuff, man, because this Jimmy Butler, it's saga. We thought it would end this past week, and it's just been ongoing. Yep. More annoying than anything else. Just the, the dysfunctionality of that front office is, it blows my mind. The dysfunctionality. That's a good word. This I think you mean dysfunction. Dysfunctionality, I'm going with it. All right, talk about uh, talk about Wilson Chandler. Willie Chili is already hurt. Something about a, something about a, is a, <laughs> Wilson Chandler is already hurt. I think he got a hamstring issue. Right. That's uh, I, I believe so, and that's that's unfortunate because he's he's gonna play a role for that team. So you have Denver, who they ship Wilson Chandler out for nothing, right? Yeah, just salary dump, just salary dump, and you replace him with Will Barton, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's a good pickup for Philly. And Philly until he gets hurt. They have a lot of wings: Robert Covington, Wilson Chandler. I mean, Wilson Chandler, he's just extra, really. Man, like. If you think about it, like we've been talking about how Toronto's wing rotation and their defense is going to be really good. I mean, Philly realistically can trot out a lineup of like Ben Simmons. Um, oh, why am I going blank? What's what's the, the wing out there? His name that shoots threes really well. Not J.J. Redick, the block guy. I don't know. Uh-oh, let's look it up real quick. This is great podcasting where I don't know what I'm talking about, and I just fill time until I can pull up this uh, this roster. Frickin' Corkmaz. Frickin' Corkmaz is a good name. Robert Covington. You could run out I, a lineup of like. I just said his name. Ben Simmons, Robert Covington, uh, J.J. Redick, Wilson Chandler, Joel Embiid. Redick. That's uh, that's Red an impressive Dick. lineup. That that's a very switchable lineup. You could even pull out JJ and put in Markel Fultz. You could have like a Simmons, Fultz, um, Covington, Wilson Chandler, Joel Embiid lineup. That's super switchy. That's that's actually like a really good defensive lineup. I think. I don't like the Seventy Sixers. Just like in general, or like their chances in the East. I don't like them. Oh, okay. Where do you think they end in the East? Third. Hmm. That's a good question. I think first will probably go to the Raptors, and then second and third is a massive battle between Boston, who also has a crap ton of wings, along with the Sixers. So you like Toronto first over over Boston? Yes. Interesting. They have Kawhi. They have Kawhi. I, I think Boston's – sorry, not Boston. Toronto's wing rotation and their wing defense is is incredibly good. Yeah, they have Kawhi, and uh, that's, you know, it's... They got Pascal, they got OG Ananobi, they have Serge Ibaka, they have CJ Miles, they have Danny Green. They're pretty good. They have they have a, a good a good lineup. But anyways, um, so yeah, Wilson Chandler, hopefully he's not injured for long because he, I, I think, is going to be an important piece for that Philly team in a mildly, mildly like non-competitive East, I think the top end will be competitive. I think the the back half really won't be. I think there's some teams in that East that are really bad, like Orlando yep. and Brooklyn. Well, moving on, another team in the East. Boston Celtics, Gordon Hayward. He's back. the other night. He's still white, still plays basketball, still makes shots. He was saying some bad stuff about the Utah Jazz. You see that? No, what did he say? Um, basically, he was, like, subtweeting them, talking about, like, three-hour practices and saving his body and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my dad's calling me. We'll call that guy back later. He's going to call right back. No, he's not because I'm going to text him and say, look here, you, you father. You know what I call my dad? What do you call your dad? Dad. Dada. But 
Gordon Hayward, I mean, uh, he, he can he can subtweet Utah, but it's not going to be anything of Ennis Cantor proportions where he says there's nothing really good about Utah other than the mountains. That's true. Do you think the mountains make Ennis, Cam- Ennis Cantor's nipples hard? I don't know. Maybe his nipples might look like mountains when he thinks about the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. But they're like, the mountains out there are like black, though. So do you think his nipples are black? Um, uh, I don't know. He's he's a Turk, so like he's already brown. His nipples no, are probably no, darker. No, no, but we've seen Instagram pictures, so they're not. They're like they're like a chocolate color. Hey, he shaves his chest. Oh yeah, I there's think he shaves most of his body. There is no Turkish man ever who's non not that, hairy. That is not that that is almost as hairless as Ennis Cantor is. That is very frustrating. I've noticed that Middle Eastern people are uh, are pretty hairy. Yeah, man. Like, I like, I have a freaking knuckle hair coming out my knuckles, <laughs> coming out the wazoo. I'm glad your knuckle hairs are coming out your knuckles. And you got Ennis Cantor over there, hairless. Like, it's like a hairless cat. Looks like a baby's ass. Maybe that's why Erdogan's after him. <laughs> he's shaving he's everything. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Steven Adams said he was a weirdo. So, but Gordon Hayward and the rest of those wings in Boston, they look good. Yeah, they have... I mean, they're going to be able to run out a death lineup of, like... What's Ky- their starting lineup look like? Kyrie, Kyrie Jalen, Gordon. Uh, Kyrie, Jalen, Gordon, Tatum, and Horford. Positionless basketball. I bet they start uh, the Morris twin, and they play Jalen Brown off the bench. If but I, I'm Jalen Brown, I request a trade. That would piss me off if I was Jalen Brown because he's crazy good. Yeah. But I think I think they'll close that lineup. You said everyone in that lineup can hit threes. Everyone in that lineup can handle the ball, except Horford. Horford can handle the ball a little bit. Mm. I mean, you don't want him to, but he can. <laughs> Maybe. Do like, you like Trump can be president? You don't want him to, <laughs> but he can. <laughs> Oh, you know. Hold on, hold on a second. Don't talk yet. I. Bang bang. Okay, D- now you can talk. Stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on. Okay. I don't have anything to say. Isaiah Thomas. That ain't no problem. Huh? That ain't no problem. He says, Oklahoma City, and he was on a broadcast with. I can't remember who else he was on a broadcast with. It was on NBA TV, and Isaiah Thomas uh, was talking to, to somebody. I can't remember who it was. And the other guy had OKC like third in the West as far as playoffs are concerned. And then all of a sudden, Isaiah Thomas, he has OKC ninth and not making the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he says that he doesn't see OKC really being able to make the playoffs with two stars while ignoring they have Steven Adams, while ignoring they have... Dennis Schroeder replaced production that Carmelo Anthony has. He said he didn't think Westbrook and PG were enough star power to lead a Western team to the playoffs. But he had the Pelicans in the playoffs when they have one guy? And he had him at like five. Yeah, Drew, Hol- Drew Holiday is good. Okay? Drew Holiday is no Russell Westbrook. They have Anthony Davis. He's good. He's really, really good. And I'll give him that. And he could win the MVP this year because he would have to legit carry the entire Pelicans team to the playoffs. But for him to come out and say, I don't think this, I don't think the OKC Thunder has been having enough star power to make the playoffs. Well, who are the stars for Denver? Jokic, kind of. Who are the stars for the Timberwolves after Jimmy Butler's traded? Cat? Yeah, who can't play defense. Who are the stars for Portland? Dame? Do you count CJ as a star? Or is he just a really good player? Has CJ ever made the All-Star team? No. No. Yeah, because Dame just made it for his first year. And that's and Russ talked shit about him because he said yeah, he was whining. And bang, bang. who who is the star for the Utah Jazz? Don Donnie Mitchell? Mm. You gonna count Gobert in that too? Gobert impacts a team like a star, but I don't think he is like what you would consider like a star player. So the fact that OKC has two star players, two guys that have made the all-star team several times, one MVP. And two not, guys that are, what, top 12 in the league? Yeah, and not one of these other teams we just talked about has ever won an MVP. 
And like a couple of them have made all-star games, but not at the rate in which OKC does. And you add on to OKC a, a team that's speeding their play up, a team that has the tools to be in the top five, at least the top two in defense in the league. OKC and Utah's defense will rival each other, and their, their scores are probably in the 90s when they play this year. Yep. And you add on to that defense. You add on, coming off the OKC bench, you've got Dennis Schroeder, somebody at the two, whether it be you've got Ferg or Brinus, whoever you want, or maybe both of them, maybe just a yes or a TLC, along with Jeremy Grant and... Nerlens Noel. That bench unit defense is going to be ridiculous. That five-man unit is going to have maybe the best defensive efficiency in the league. And they're just going to run, and you're going to say, oh, I don't think OKC has enough star power with their two stars. Well, hell, they're one of the only teams that has more than one star besides Golden State in Houston. Yep, and and I feel like the Thunder have a squad that actually fits this year. They have puzzle pieces that fit together rather than trying to make pieces fit like they did last year. So I don't really get that notion from Isaiah Thomas. I think OKC's defense is going to be really good. I think their offense, just strictly by speeding things up, does it give them room for more error because they're going to speed it up? Yes. But are defenses going to be able to stay in front of Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook at the same time we're on the floor at the same time? No. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you. I think Isaiah – I love Isaiah Thomas. And just for reference, we're talking about Zeke, old Detroit Isaiah Thomas, not current Isaiah Thomas. I can see why Michael Jordan did not want your ass on the Dream Team in 1988. <laughs> was it 88 or 92? I think it was 92. I can see why Jordan did not want you on that team because your takes He's are w- garbage. way off on this take. Way off. Way off. He's just jealous of Russell Westbrook. He wants to be Russ. Yeah. Except... He has two rings and Russ has zero. That is true. That is true. But I agree. He's way off on that take. It's a it's a bad take. It's a bad take. Realistically, where do you see OKC finishing in the West? Three or four. What about the Lakers? Somewhere between four to seven. What about the San Antonio Spurs? Oh, that's the interesting one. Can they sneak in? Six to eight. Six to nine. Nice. Nice. What about the Pelicans? I mean, you got to assume the Lakers are getting... We'll, we'll talk all about this next week as well in our, our NBA preview podcast. But, I mean, you got to assume the Lakers are getting in. I assume that Denver is going to get in. That's two teams from last year that didn't get in that are getting in this year. So that means two teams have to be out. So is it the Pelicans that drop out? Is it Portland that drops out? Is it San Antonio that drops out? It's going to be... Minnesota will drop out when they trade Jimmy. Maybe. I don't like Anthony, Andrew Wiggins. He's garbage. He's he's not what he was hyped to be coming out of college. I agree. It's over 9,000! Winter is coming. Told you a million times, my teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. So, Wakanda forever! Speaking of some pop culture minute, I was gonna go real quick talk about some fantasy basketball. It's about that time where people are drafting their fantasy basketball teams because it is preseason. Two weeks until regular season. So, we're just gonna go by couple picks let's say you get the first pick in your fantasy basketball draft who are you going to pick up and you got to keep in mind let's say you have a league of eight people if you get that first pick and you go to a snake draft i don't pick again till 17 16 17 17 and 18 um first overall pick i mean kind of homerish but you almost have to go russell westbrook He's going to get you points. He's going to get you assists. He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to get you some steals. Uh, I also think Anthony Davis would probably be a safe pick. He's going to get you points, rebounds, blocks, assists. Not nearly as many assists as Russ, but I think Anthony Davis would also be also be a very good pick. And then, obviously, you have to go James Harden as well. So it would probably come down to one of those three. Me, personally, I'd probably go Russ. Who would you go with? I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Just because that guy's going to get stats every single night. 
Are you higher or lower on Braun? Man, that's that's difficult because he's getting older. He's out there in L.A., but there's not a lot of talent. I'm going to tell you a sleeper pick that's going to be really good. You ready for this? I'm ready. Kevin Love. Oh, that is a good one. He's going to be a big chunk of their scoring this year. He's going to be old school Kevin Love. Well, be with all, without maybe he might have injuries and other things going on in his well, life. but Let's hope not. So Kevin Love's a good pick. You're not too high on Giannis. I think they're going to play a more democratic version of basketball up in Milwaukee under Mike Boonholzer this year. Democratic? They're going to share the ball more. They're going to be like a socialist basketball team. That's not democracy. It's liberal basketball. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer, they're going to play team basketball. So you think – do you think Giannis is still going to play at the point guard, though? Yeah, well, I mean, they're probably going to start um, – Brogdon? Not Brogdon. Who's the other one they got? They got another one? Yeah, he used to – he was playing in Phoenix. He was the one that went to the nail salon and got upset. It's not Brandon Jennings. It's Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. There we go. Eric Bledsoe will probably start. Uh, I don't know who starts at the two. Probably Chris Middleton at the three. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova at the four. No, Giannis would be at the four. Brooke Lopez at the five. Is Milwaukee a playoff team? In the East, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. I'd pick him definitely first. Who are some guys that you would that you would that go pretty high every year, but you want to pump the brakes on this year? Besides Giannis. I, I think you mentioned LeBron, and I think that one's pretty interesting. Um, Man, those Warriors, just because, again, like five All-Stars, they're going to have to share the points, share the assists, share the rebounds. So a guy like Kevin Durant or, like, man, two years ago, I took Boogie Cousins, like, round three in our draft. And that dude was a fantasy monster. Wouldn't take, wouldn't touch Boogie this year. So many other centers I take over Boogie in fantasy hoops this year. He's just not going to get the production. He's not going to get the minutes. I mean, they're not going to play Boogie whenever they go to their uh, their death lineup. Boogie's not going to close games. You know who I'm going to be really low on? Who? John Wall. Oh, interesting. He's fat. Teammates don't like him. They actually kind of play better without him. And you add Dwight Howard into the mix, which always makes teams function really well. Oh, yeah. There was actually a talk that Washington was one of the teams trying to to make a trade for Jimmy Butler. The only thing I could think of would be like... Otto Porter. Uh, maybe Otto Porter, and Brad Beal. Kelly Oubre. I like, um, I like Brad Beal a lot. Bradley Beal is very good. Anything else you want to talk about about fantasy hoops? Or are we done here? Man, I think we're done. My fantasy is coming alive. NBA season's upon us. Finally, we have preseason on Wednesday. Well, hey, before we start the outro, I want to let you guys know real quick that one week from today, next Sunday, I think that is the 6th? It's the day after OU beats the shit out of Texas. It is that day. Um, the Thunder are playing preseason up in Tulsa at the BOK Center against the Atlanta Hawks. And we will be there. Kamiar and I are making the drive up from Oklahoma City to Tulsa. Taylor is actually from Tulsa, so we're going to be meeting up with him. And then after that preseason game, which is at 2 p.m., we will be podcasting live at Elgin Park in Tulsa. And so we invite any of you guys that listen to us that are from Tulsa to come hang out with us, get a beer, uh, get some pizza. Get some IPA. Our, our buddy Andrew is going to be up there with uh, he's the one that does the T-shirts from Motoko. And so he's going to be up there hanging out with us as well. It's going to be a really good time. So we'll tweet out more of this information as we kind of finalize plans this week. But make sure that you guys come out if you're up in the Tulsa area and hang out with us. We would love for you guys to show up and uh, just have a good time. And with that, let's uh – tell you that that music is really loud but also we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast if you enjoyed it please go leave us a rating and a review on itunes we've bumped five our iTunes. stars give yeah. me five stars five stars please not one star if you don't give me five star we'll end up on world star <laughs> you're so lame um 
we've got quite a few ratings recently. We really appreciate you guys helping us out with that. Uh, leaving those ratings helps other people see the podcast, helps us get really cool sponsorship deals like working with Matoko. Also, just to let you guys know, we have a really, really awesome guest lined up. We're hoping that he will be on within a week or so. Um, the only hint we're giving you is it's a he because I already said that. It's going to be a really cool perspective on Thunder Basketball. He might turn into a she. That's weird. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm just kidding. He can do whatever he wants. It's going to be a really cool podcast. Um, we're hoping to get that one up this week, so be on the lookout for that. Next Sunday, we are, we're podcasting live from Tulsa. We'll be breaking down the preseason and doing our NBA season preview the Sunday after that, we will do our Oklahoma City Thunder season preview. Basketball's here, guys. We actually have actual live hoops to talk about. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can follow Kamiar at Twitter at BoomtownRW. That's me. You can follow me on Twitter at ThunderMob405. That's him. That is, yes, that would be me. Um... Hey, we appreciate you, appreciate you guys listening. Take it easy. We will talk to you in a week. And thunder up. The hoops are alive in Thundertown. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.